The book of Acts, chapter number two. First four verses. I'm going to pick up where I was Sunday before last on the four dimensions of a spirit-filled life. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse number 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire that sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, the four dimensions of a spirit-filled life. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you'll speak to our heart through and by your spirit and through and by the word of God, and I pray that you'll anoint us to preach it, our ears to hear it, and our hearts to receive it. You know, every need in this house, Lord, we're needy people. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. And we ask you tonight, Lord, that you'll just come and that you'll help us throughout the duration of this service. You'll meet every need by healing the sick. If there's one here lost that you would save. Lord, somebody that needs a baptism in the Holy Ghost that you would feel. Grant it, we pray in Jesus' wonderful, holy, and righteous name. If you love the Lord, would you say amen? Amen. Got to turn my ringer off, and the devil called me while I was praying. <laughs> it was a spam call, so it was the devil. I, I failed to uh, remind you Sunday and at the start of tonight's service, uh, we start revival Sunday morning with Steve Mullins uh, from Tyler, Texas. He's been here before preach for us on a Sunday, but we'll be in revival this week, this coming week, Sunday through Wednesday. All of our service times will be normal times, uh, Monday night, uh, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night will be 7 o'clock. Instead of Wednesday being 6.30, we'll make it 7 o'clock that way. Anytime I do 7, 7, and 6.30, I always have somebody say, What? <laughs> So we'll do seven, seven, and seven. But uh, Sunday times will be the will be the same, and we'll be seven o'clock Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. If you will help me, uh, I'll be making a post to that uh, real soon. If you have social media, help me by sharing it, and uh, invite your family and friends to come and be with us. Brother Steve's a wonderful preacher. I know they'll be blessed. Amen. The four dimensions of a spirit-filled life. Notice again in verse number two, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. We talked about the first dimension of a spirit-filled life is the wind of God blowing in our heart and in our life. And that word wind is literally interpreted breath, the breath of God breathed into that upper room and I believe gave respiration, inspiration to a church. Amen. Not a denomination, not a group of believers within four walls, but I, the church, the body of Christ, was literally born on the day of Pentecost. Again, that word wind there, uh, in the Greek, nome, which means breath or breath of life. It was a, a sound of a rushing mighty wind, a sound that could be heard, but not just a wind, but a rushing mighty wind. We talked about there was no comma in between rushing and mighty, which would, in our interpretation, be correct grammar, but uh, it was not just any wind that blows through the trees. Uh, this was a specific wind. 
This was Holy Ghost wind. This was breath of God wind. And this wind can be categorized in only one way, rushing mighty wind. Amen. There's never been another wind like it. It's not a hurricane. It's not a tornado. It's not what the Bible called a Eurachlodon or any, any such thing. This is the breath of God. Amen. The, the wind of God, the Holy Ghost. And again, it was the birth of the church. And we may mention Adam being made in the image and likeness of God, formed from the dust of the ground but he was only a form with no life until God breathed into him and he became a living soul. We talked about the Holy Ghost wind blew through the upper room, inspiring that church uh, to live uh, and inflating that church from 120 to over 3,000 in one day's time. The wind is always blowing, moving, and inspire. It can be heard, but the wind, or should I say the effects of the wind, are meant to be seen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amen. The effects of the wind are meant to be felt. In John 3 and 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth. And the word listeth there means where it pleases, where it desires, or anywhere it wants to. Amen. No, we talked about there are no borders, walls, boundaries, jail bars, uh, school board rules, uh, denominational barriers or boundaries. Uh, Putin is the, you know, the, the whatever you call him, the czar of Russia, and the wind can blow right across the Russian border, and he can't stop. Right. Emperor Xi is the, dict, uh, the dictator in China. He's the ruling party, the emperor, the wind blows across the China border right over the, you know, the great wall of China and she can't stop it. Biden and his crew of cronies uh, are leading our country. You know, the the, the only thing that uh, his uh, White House uh, rep could brag on, well, you know, he's got the most uh, diverse staff any president's ever had. He's got so and so many, uh, you know, women. He's got so and so many races. He's got so and so many uh, from the Alphabet Club, the LGBTQ Club. He's got so many of them on his staff. And I thought, uh, yeah, he, he, he ranks the worst of every other category that really matters to America. The absolute worst. Uh, I thought, you know, Jimmy Carter praised the day that Barack Obama became president because it knocked him off of the worst president ever lived. <laughs> and then Barack Obama, no doubt, was so happy when Biden was made president because uh, it knocked him off his short-lived perch uh, of being the worst president ever. Oh, Biden, uh, Biden holds that uh, uh, that that distinct honor right now, but not even Biden can stop the wind from blowing across America. Hallelujah to God. The wind blows where it desires. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but can't tell from where it comes or where it's going. So is everyone that's born of the spirit. But do you know you can tell which way the wind's coming from if you look at a wind sock or a flag, you can tell the wind's coming from the south and blowing toward the north. Right. Or if you feel it, you're looking at the gulf and you feel the wind hitting you in the back of the head, the wind's coming out of the north and is blowing toward the south. Yeah. The wind changes the temperature in the atmosphere. I want to tell you, the wind goes to blowing in that church. All oh, the spiritual climate. The spiritual temperature is going to rise. Can you say amen? amen? Russian mighty wind. It means powerful and violent. Wind has no boundary. The wind blows wherever it wants to. It touches everything, affects everything in its path. It blows upon the church and the heathen alike. It blows in the prayer closet and down the aisle of Walmart. 
It can blow across the construction site or through the classroom. It can blow under the tent meeting or into the hospital room. Wherever the door is open, that breeze can blow in. It blows across the street corner and into the prison cell. In Genesis 1 and 2, it says the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. We talked about the word moved and it is the primitive, it comes from a primitive root word to, to brood, to mean to incubate or inspire life. The Holy Ghost wind literally was brooding or stirring over the face of the deep where there was darkness, no light, void, and it was as if the wind began to gently blow and stir and say to the whole earth, just wait, something's about to happen. Just wait, he's about to speak. Just wait, hallelujah. Things are about to, to pick up around here. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Hallelujah. The wind is always blowing on that water down at the Gulf. It's been blowing 25 to 30 miles an hour, seemed like for the last two or three days. And the wind brooded over that water in Genesis. Brooded, stirring, incubating life until the breath of God said, let there be light. The same wind that blew through the prison cell and liberated Paul and Silas and all the jail cell and, and even the jailer and his entire household. It brings about a liberating uh, 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 temperature or climate, if you will. The second dimension of the spirit that I want to talk to you about tonight uh, is fire. Talked about the wind, amen, but the second dimension of the spirit-filled life is fire. And, and, and suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting and cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. So the second dimension we see right there in our text uh, is fire. They were cloven tongues like as of fire. The word cloven is an interesting word, diamorizo. Uh, uh, it means uh, to literally take something that is a hole and cut it or separate it uh, into divisions, yeah. meaning that God poured out the whole of his spirit uh, into the upper room. And because there were 120 men and women in that upper room, the spirit was cloven, meaning it was divided, parted, sliced, or cut, separated, in that all 120 of them were filled. That's what the word means. It indicates there was a solid or a whole outpouring of fire that was then divided so that every individual in the church experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Man, I was in church this week and the Holy Ghost fell and 16 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. My God, he fell in that place and it was powerful. But that wasn't Pentecost. Pentecost said, and cloven tongues like as a fire set on each of them, and they were all filled. Pentecost is each of them and all of them. What kind of revival are you praying for? Pentecost. Pentecost. Each of us, all of us. I preached revival. My God, we had a move of God. But, uh, you know, a bunch of them were sitting there with their arms folded saying, who's this guy I think he is? He's trying to come in here and stir our church up, and you couldn't move them with a stick of dynamite. Well, I want to tell you, if the Holy Ghost can't move them, I know I can't move them. 
What are you praying for when you pray? I want the wind of God to blow through that house. And I want the fire of God to come and baptize each of us and all of us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, Pentecost is not a, a collective experience. Pentecost is an individual experience within the collective whole of the body. You're not Pentecostal because you come to Bible way. You're not Pentecostal because your pastor screams and spits and kicks and speaks in tongues and you're okay with it. You're Pentecostal if that cloven tongue of fire set on you and you were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. That's what Pentecost is. Pentecost is my experience, but Pentecost is your experience. Pentecost was their experience. This is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Right. That in the last days, said God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Thanks be to God. The wind and the fire worked in unison. I said the wind and the fire worked in unison. There came a sound like as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house and there appeared unto them cloven tongues. They're hearing a noise and they're seeing a sight. They're seeing cloven tongues like as a fire. Fill that room and it set on each of them. But wind and fire worked together like a hand in glove. The wind came to breathe into them, to brood over them, to move them, to stir them to life, now the fire comes. And wind is to fire what breath is to the body. Wind feeds fire. Wind invigorates fire. Wind empowers fire. The wind itself is not flammable, but it does feed the flame. Wind is not flammable. The atmosphere doesn't just catch on fire. No, no, that's not what the wind does. Thank God wind is not flammable. Because some ever lit a match, we'd all be burned up. But wind does fuel the flame. You, you better be careful if you're going to burn on a windy day. Because it might get away from you. Woo, hallelujah. You better be careful when you walk into a Pentecostal church on a windy day where they got a preacher on fire for God because it might get away. Hallelujah. I said it might get away. It might spread out into the pews. Fire is communicable, meaning it can and will spread. It'll consume everything that it touches. Thanks be to God. That wind of God blew through the house. What was the purpose? It was meant to feed the fire of Holy Ghost flame that was to burn in their heart. And God meant for it to be communicable, to get into the community, to get out of that upper room and catch the city of Jerusalem, the country of Judea, on into Samaria and all the way into the uttermost parts of the world, even all the way to Foley and Gulf Shores and Silver Hill and Alberta and everywhere else you can imagine. The Lord commanded that the fire which he initiates should never go out. While the wind stirs and moves and feeds and empowers Fire cleanses and purges and refines and alters the entire composition and makeup of whatever it's burning in. And the Lord commanded that once I send the fire, it shall never go out. Do you know God's part is to send the wind 
My part is to let the wind move me. I'm in a sailboat. God's part is to send the wind. My part is to harness the wind and go where the wind wants to carry me. God's part is to send the fire. My part is don't let it go out. We're in a cooperative with God. We're co-laborers, co-workers with God. The Bible said the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. And the word helpeth literally is a word picture of you being on one end carrying an object and the Spirit being on the other end. It's a partnership. The Spirit helpeth our infirmities. He lets the wind blow and carries me. He let he sends the fire so that I can burn and I keep it burning. Right, good. That's good. It's two parts. I know we want God to do it all, but he ain't. Right. He won't. He said he would. You've got to work with him. You've got to cooperate. The Bible said he gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey him. Meaning to them that yield to him. To them that cooperate with him. For them that uh, are partners with him. So the Lord commands that the fire which he initiates should never go out. Leave, uh, in Leviticus 6 and 13. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Uh, and when God said the fire. He's not talking about uh, one that you started uh, with natural gas, one that you started with a gasoline jug, one that you started uh, with a blowtorch, uh, one that was started, uh, you know, by a piece of coal or whatever other means, a match, a lighter. No, no, the fire that's burning on the altar shall never go out. It was divine fire. They prayed and God answered by fire. Let the God that answers by fire let him be God. Leviticus 9 and 23, Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. The glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. You know how? A cloud in the daytime and fire by night. And it says in verse 24, And there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed the altar, the burnt offering, and the fat, which then all the people saw. They shouted and fell on their faces. God sent fire to that altar in Leviticus chapter 9. Those were the last two verses of chapter 9. The very first verse of chapter 10, Nadab and Abihu. Those were Aaron's two boys. Now, mind you, Moses and Aaron prayed for the people. God answered prayer with fire. All the people saw it and glorified God. There's two priests charged. Don't ever, the fire shall ever be burning on the altar. Don't ever let the fire go out. And between Leviticus 9 and 24 and Leviticus 10 and 1, they do the very thing that God says don't do. They let the fire go out. The fire fell on Sunday morning, but for some it's vanquished by Sunday night. The fire fell on Sunday night. For many, uh, they refrigerated it uh, by Wednesday night. Uh, the fire fell Wednesday night. Uh, but for many, they don't pray again until Sunday morning. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Pentecost uh, is not limited to this metal building. It's not limited uh, to a church building. Pentecost is a way of life. It's every day. It's every day of your life. It's praying, seeking, studying, believing, walking, living, being full, being a vessel, being the tabernacle of God. Leviticus 10 and 1, Nadab 
and Abihu the sons of Aaron took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire from before the Lord which he commanded them not and there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. They let God's fire go out and they replaced it with a matchbox fire. Amen. They replaced it with their own fire. I said a matchbox fire. Maybe they maybe they were rubbing two sticks together. I don't know. It wasn't God's fire. You can't manufacture this fire. You can't play it down. You can't sing it down. You can't preach it down. It only comes in answer to prayer. It only comes with a walk of obedience. It only comes through obedience to that word of God. Amen. Living, uh, 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 you know, in line with the word and seeking God's face as he commanded us to. Only then will God send the fire. The Bible said when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place with one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost why did that fire of God fall it was an answer to prayer tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high the Bible said in Luke the, the the last chapter in chapter 28 it said and they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God they were in the temple at the hour of prayer and when they were couldn't be in the temple they were in the upper room doing what he commanded doing what he wanted doing what was required they were the ones that received the wind and the fire says that Nadab and Abihu offered strange fire. Strange in Hebrew means a different or another. They offered a different fire than what fell from God. There's a lot of strange fire in our land. A lot of strange fire. I want to tell you that's what's happened to a generation. Is that we have let the fire of Pentecost die in our own heart and we have tried to replace it with strange fire. It can't be done. And not only can it not be done, the penalty for offering to God strange fire is that the next generation dies. They let the fire of chapter 9 die and offer to substitute fire in chapter 10 and died for it. Jesus came to baptize us, you and I, in the Holy Ghost. And the Bible said he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Yeah. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. That's what John the Baptist said. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. I can do that. Eddie Sullivan can do that. Corey Brown can do that. Uh, any of these lay preachers can do that. Uh, anybody can baptize you in water under repentance. Uh, but there's coming one after me. My God, I feel him mightier than I. The latching of whose shoes I'm unworthy to lose. Uh, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Christ came to fill us. Uh, and immerse us. That's what baptism means. Uh, to be filled with uh, and immersed in. Holy Ghost fire. It shall ever be burning in us. In his church. It shall never go out. Uh, he lit it. Uh, he initiated it. Uh, it's our responsibility. It's our requirement. Uh, it's our duty as children of God to keep it burning. It's our responsibility. The Holy Ghost has been given now that Jesus has been glorified. 
You're not waiting on the day of Pentecost to fully come. Christ died, rose again the third day, ascended to the right hand of the Father, prayed the Father. The Holy Ghost has been poured out. God sent the fire. My job is to keep it burning. Yes. 2 Timothy 1 and 5, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded it is in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. That is dunamis. Uh, ye shall receive power, dunamis power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but dunamis. Holy Ghost power. Yeah. And of love and of a sound mind. The, 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 the Greek for stir up, stir up being one word. And it actually comes uh, from three different root words which literally mean to keep poking. Stirring, feeding, fueling, repetitively to keep doing this over and over and over again. Keep the fire burning and don't ever let it go out. Over and over and over and over again. That old grandpa of mine died at 89 years old. God speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah! What was their message in Pentecost? Pentecost is not generational in that it was given only to the apostles or to the disciples, but it is generational in that if you let it go out, your children don't know anything about it. It will cease to be a Pentecostal church. What was, what did he do in my life? Stir this up. It was in me. Hallelujah to God. It was in my children. It'll be in you. And if you'll stir it up, it'll be in Kirsten, Caitlin, and Caleb. And if you'll keep stirring it up, it'll be in Harper, in Kurt, in Cortland, in, 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 in uh, uh, Cutler, and uh, all of them. <laughs> oh, try to name all them names while you're preaching wide open. Keep poking, Hudson. Keep poking, stirring, feeding, fueling that same fire over and over and over again. Proverbs 26 and 20, where no wood is, the fire goeth out. God baptized us in fire. You've got to put fuel on it. You gotta put fuel on it. What what why you go to church so much? Same reason you throw logs on the fire. It'll go out. Why do you have revivals and camp meetings and youth conferences and youth camps? Why so much? Same reason you go and fuel your car up every week, cause it'll run out on you. Hallelujah. Fire will burn up. And fire will burn out. You've got to refuel it. You've got to constantly give something to God for Him to consume the sacrifices of your praise. Offer your body a living sacrifice. Holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. Give God your life. Give God your whole heart. Give God your mind, your intellect. Give God your body for his tabernacle. Give God your time. Give God your tithe. Give God your offering. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will burn in you if you give it you for the fire. Amen. Fire. The word fire, they, they were all filled. Or there appeared under them cloven tongues like as of fire. And the same word, he shall 
baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And the word in the Greek there translated a burning. A burning. Your preaching ought to be on fire. Preaching ought to burn on the inside. Hallelujah to God. Your teaching ought to eat you up like a fire. I'm studying. I'm prayed up. I'm burning on the inside. The writer in the psalm said, My tongue is like the pen of a ready rider. Oh, he set me on fire and I'm ready to burn. Hallelujah. Your singing ought to be with a burning. Your praying ought to be with a burning. The fire upon the altar of Isaiah chapter 6 was burning. And God touched it to the lips of the prophet to purge him of his iniquity. He said, I saw also the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Above him were seraphims and they had six wings. With two they flew. With two they covered their hands uh, and their face. Uh, and with two uh, they covered their feet and they cried one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. He said, then said, I, woe is me, for I'm undone. For I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. The Bible said one of the seraphims flew down and took a live coal, a burning ember off from the altar of God. Do you, know, do you understand where the altar's positioned at? Uh, right in the very throne room of God. Right at the very feet of Jesus uh, is an altar. And the fire of God burns on the altar. You want to know where you ought to be every time you seek the Lord, every time you find yourself when you're at the feet of Jesus at the altar of God. Yeah. That's where the fire falls. That's took a live coal and touched it to, he said to my lips and he said thine iniquity is purged he said who can I send who will go for me and speak for me unto my people and he said here am I send me I'll go amen it was a cleansing fire fire removes uh, the dross uh, and the impurity of our heart uh, and our life a holiness fire burns in the prophet of God. Yeah. This fire is the fire of the Holy Ghost. You live like the devil and speak in tongues. It's a strange fire. That's right. You. Come on. I got to say it because it's an accepted practice in a lot of Assembly of God church. If you lead worship in your church and live in fornication, it's a strange fire. It ain't a holy fire. I don't care how many people fell out, how many people felt chill bumps. This is a cleansing fire. This is a refining fire. This is a holy fire. I remember a couple came in, Baptist couple. I didn't know. I don't ask. They weren't wearing name tags. They didn't have denominational pins on their lapel pins on. They're just people to me. They come in. I loved on them, greeted them. Good to have you. Man and a woman old enough to be married. You know, good to have our brother and his wife with us today. You visiting with us. We thrilled to have you. Hope you'll come back. I'm a preaching. I don't know what I was preaching on. I didn't preach a whole message uh, devoted to fornication, but I brought out the text in my preaching. Marriage bed is under fire. The marriage bed is under fire. But fornicators and adulterers and whoremongers will God judge. 
And I said, common law might be an accepted practice among the heathen, but it ain't in the word of God. God don't abide in the heart of a man and woman or the home of a man and woman that's shacking up in fornication or stepping out in adultery. And I just went on, left it alone, and kept on preaching. I gave the altar call, that couple come down, they prayed pretty good, wept and cried. I shook their hand. Hope y'all will come back. Thank you, we will. They didn't come back that night. They didn't come back Wednesday night. And I hate to tell you, but I've almost gotten used just because somebody weeps and cries on Sunday morning. I've almost gotten used to the fact that they might be back and they might not. But I hope they would. Wasn't back Sunday night, wasn't back Wednesday night, the next Sunday morning, there they were. Hallelujah. I recognized them again, preach. They come back down to the altar. We closed the service out and they wouldn't leave. And I said, they want to talk to me. And I went over there. I said, y'all need, y'all need to speak to me. Yes, sir, we want to talk to you before we left. You know, we came here last. We just moved to this area and we... Come up and down this highway on 98. We've been looking for a church. And I told, I told, he said, I told my wife, let's, let's try that church. They always got a lot of cars there in the parking lot. Let's give them a try. He said, we're Baptists. He said, we come in right after the opening prayer when the worship started. I looked at her and she looked at me and said, we ain't in no Baptist church. I've always said, if a visitor can be here longer than five minutes uh, and the Holy Ghost uh, don't uh, speak to their heart, don't touch their life, shame on us. (laughs) Shame on us. You walk in the church, the wind ought to blow. The fire ought to fall. Woo, hallelujah. Preach, Brother Eddie, I'm trying. So we ain't in no Baptist church. And said, oh, then you started preaching. He said, do you remember saying, preaching against fornication? You remember talking about common law and saying God won't live in a man or woman that's shacking in fornication? He said, that was us. <laughs> he said, we've been living together for years. Going to Baptist church. We ain't never been convicted of it, ever, not once. We've been accepted, we've, we've participated, we've sang, we, we, we've done everything that other Christians do. Not once have we ever felt convicted of living together. He said, we walk into this church. He said, we were convicted when you started worshiping, but we needed to get under the pew when you started preaching. He said, that's why we were down this altar sobbing. We're begging God to forgive us. He said, I, I, it dawned on me. He said, I told him, I ain't even saved. I'm a fornicator. And fornicators shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He said, I'm not even saved. He said, I not only repented, I asked God to really save me. He says, she did the same. And he said, Monday, we went and got, that was back before all the absolute nonsense has gone on. Alabama don't even, you know, require a preacher or a judge to sign off anymore. You just go and get the marriage license and mail it off and you marry. You don't even need to have a ceremony anymore. Right. You just go get the marriage license, sign it, send it off and you married that's back when the supreme court allowed same sex marriage Alabama said so that a preacher or a judge don't have to violate their conscience then we're not going to require them to marry them so you just fill out the paper and send it in and you marry 
But back then, you still had to have a service. He said, we went Monday morning to the justice of the peace. He said, we went and got our marriage license, fulfilled the requirements needed and necessary. I think they had to get a blood test. And he said, before Monday was over, me and this girl was married. And I said, praise the Lord. He said, I'm still Baptist. He said, I'm going to look for a Baptist church, but I didn't feel like I needed to go on without you knowing that I was lost when I came here. I was living in fornication, but God convicted me of my sin, and now me and this girl's married, and it feels a whole lot better. It feels a whole lot better. It's a cleansing fire. It'll cleanse the man in the pulpit and it'll cleanse the visitor that comes in through the double door and sits down on the back pew. And the preacher don't have to know. God knows. Amen. Fire removes the dross and the impurity from our heart and life. It is a Holy Ghost fire. A holiness fire will burn in the heart of God's man or woman. Once that fire is kindled. Fire not only cleanses. But fire also tempers. By the word temper it means to make strong. Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Finally my brethren be strong in the Lord. Thank you. Got one amen. Finally my brethren be strong in the Lord. You know anytime you. Find the writer using the word finally. What he's saying there is in closing. I've wrote this letter to you. And in closing, the last thing I want to say is be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. The word strong in dunamo. Very kindred, a first cousin to dunamis. But in dunamo means to endue with strength or power. To endue with strength or power. To be strengthened or to increase in strength. To be endued, it literally means this, the verse that I read. Be endued with strength from God and with dunamis or with power, dynamite power of his might. Be endued with the strength from God and with the dynamite power of his might. Do you know what it takes to set dynamite off? Hallelujah. Fire. Yes, sir. Let the fire of God burn in you so that the strength of God and the power of God will be present in your life. Not only is it a holy fire to cleanse you, it is a tempering fire to make you strong. To make you strong. I want to tell you, if you're going to make it, if you're going to be a Christian, this church is a persecuted church. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You ain't going to be liked by everybody. Hey, you're going to be persecuted by governments. You might have to dodge and duck. You know, when we went on the mission field, we, we, we couldn't get on social media. We couldn't put out advertisements and flyers. We just dodged and ducked the authorities. If they catch you, they're going to deport you, and they're going to put us in prison. You're going to live for God in a land like that. You're going to have to have a backbone. You're going to have to be strong. You can, Hey, somebody ain't going to like me if I... Commit my life unto God will bless your heart. Because yeah. there's men and women that have been in prison for years uh, just because uh, they committed a crime uh, of believing on Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to God. God said you're going to need the Holy Ghost to stand. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Oh, somebody hurt your feelings, uh, keep on standing. Be strong. Somebody lied on you. Keep on standing. Be strong. Somebody 
done this or done that. What's that matter? I'm baptized in Holy Ghost fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to be here. Sink or swim. Rain or shine. Don't matter that hair lips uh, like they used to say that hair lips every devil in hell. God filled me with the Holy Ghost uh, so that I could take it. Glory to God. Put bleeding stripes on my back. Uh, Bind me up uh, in the stocks uh, and in the feather. And it'll be midnight maybe when he falls. Uh, But when he falls, uh, I'll come out singing. When he falls, uh, I'll come out delivered. When he falls, uh, those that God sent me there to win are going to be saved. They didn't backslide over it. What I do, God, to deserve all that, I quit. He told Timothy, get to me, because Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. You want to know what happened to Demas? Fire went out. You want to know what happened to Demas? The fire went out. Where there's no wood, the fire goes out. Paul made sure that wasn't Timothy. Timothy, I seen it in your grandma, I seen it in your mama, and I know it's in you. But the flames have been low, boy. I'm worried about you and Dunamis. I'm worried about you and Demas. Stir it up, boy. Stir it up. Get that fire poker out. Let the wind of God breathe on it. Find you an altar and get the burning, boy. Or you ain't gonna make it. You won't be around in Ephesus long. One of the seven wonders of the world, the temple to the goddess Diana was in Ephesus. There was over 1,000 temple prostitutes. You want to talk about pornography being bad? 1,000 temple prostitutes lay at the door of that temple to give themselves in perversion to every man that walked up and down the street. Timothy, you better be full of the Holy Ghost. You're going to need the strength of God to keep you pure. Hallelujah. You want to talk about keeping a preacher pure? Go talk to Ken Drone, our district superintendent. Find out how many men that has to go secretly under supervision and discipline either for stepping out in fornication, adultery, or in pornography. Speaking in tongues while they're doing it. It ain't something that makes you proud. I'm just saying you better be strong in the Lord. You better repetitively keep this fire burning. It cleanses you and gives you a heart that wants to be holy and it tempers you to make you strong against temptation. You ain't gotta, you ain't gotta walk behind me. Hey, I'll tell you the best, uh, what do they call that stuff? Firewall protection you got. The best firewall you got uh, is the fire of the Holy Ghost. That's a good firewall. Pornography can't penetrate it. God. Hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Homosexuality will be repulsive when the firewall of the Holy Ghost is burning in your heart. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Preaching good. Preaching good. Listen. This fire strengthens you, makes you powerful for God. Tempered steel. Out of the fire is the only steel sold on the market and fit for use. You hear me? Tempered steel. Born out of the fire is the only steel fit for use. But should we expect God to anoint and use soft Christians that can't stand? There have been times in my ministry where some of my heroes, if the right one got labeled with sin, and I hate to say it, but if the right one 
got tabbed with a gross sin such as homosexuality. If they were in the right clique or running with the right cloud, crowd, they wasn't the ones that got held accountable. It's the one that said, hey, they doing it. That's wrong. And I told my pastor, not the district, but I told my pastor, well, nobody need to come around me preaching to me about holiness, about how long a woman's hair is, how long her skirt length is, uh, about whether she wears makeup or jewelry or any such thing for her outward adornment uh, and can't even stand uh, against homosexuality. Don't talk to me about holiness. That's good preaching in case y'all didn't know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I meant it too. I ain't putting up with that nonsense. You won't even stand against homosexuality. Do you want to come and tell my people how to dress? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Hallelujah. Well, I need to get off of that. I done got my flesh. God don't like soft Christians. And God don't need soft preachers. Hallelujah. 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 I was out on the ball field yesterday. I think one of them boys, he's a seventh grader. Ooh, mercy. He is soft as a Pillsbury Doughboy. I said, we're going to run. We're going to run six foul poles. Foul pole and right to the foul pole and left. Go! All the way across. They get over there. I let them catch their breath. Go! After the second one, one of them, not that one, but one of them came to me. He said, Brother, or no, Coach Eddie, I think I pulled a muscle on my leg or something. I said, You don't move fast enough to pull muscles. That muscle ain't pulled. That muscle's on fire because it's being used for the first time in a long time. I said, guess what? The more you use it, the better it's going to work. I said, line up. We got to go again. He like, now the other one that's his buddy, they in last place every, every time. He'd cry. I said, what's wrong? I can't do it. I said, we don't cry here. We don't cry out here. You out here with coach and all your buddies. You don't cry here. You cry when you get home to your mama. I said, you ain't hurt. You can do it. One more. He like, go. God don't need soft preachers. Somebody whine and cry. Oh, your preaching hurts a little. Ooh, I don't know if I can keep coming here if you're going to hurt me like that. I just can't do it. I can't live like that. Yes, you can. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I can. Do all things through Christ which strengthens me. He tempers me. He fills me with his strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Kirsten, come help me. I'm out of breath. I need to run a few sprints myself. I can do it. I can preach all night. I can do it. Fire illuminates. The fire baptized church. I'm going to say this and say it loud. The fire baptized church is the truest reflection of the glory of God on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
The fire baptized church is the truest reflection of the glory of God on this earth. 1 Peter 2 and 9, ye are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Men light candles, put them on a lampstand to give light, Jesus said, to all that are in the room. But God lights the church in Holy Ghost fire to give light to the whole world. Fire marks, fire brands. The fire baptized church has been marked as God's church. He said signs and wonders will follow it. Holiness will be her way of life. And she'll speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. She's a marked church. You're one of them, ain't you? How'd you know? How'd you know? Oh, you want them screamers. You scream and Somebody said, I like angry preaching. It ain't angry preaching. It's burning. Burning. Hallelujah. Some people are burning with passion after this world. But the fire baptized church burns with a passion for God. I feel the wind blow of the Holy Ghost descend on me. It comes with a shout comes with exuberance, with exhilaration. And when their favorite football player scores a touchdown, they do the same thing. But it's only weird when you do it in church, not in the ballpark. I would feel weird shouting at my baseball players, but not shouting hallelujah. That would be what was weird get excited about that little baseball not be excited about the word of God that would be weird to me finally last fire destroys fire destroys 1 John 3 and 8 he that committed sin is of the devil for the devil sinneth from the, from the beginning For this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy, destroy, destroy the works of the devil. How did he do it? How could he do it? Tarry until you be endued with fire because I am going to destroy the works of the devil. The devil draws back at the rise of the Pentecostal flame and the heat of its fire, the same way you would draw back if you stood too close to an open flame. We take the grandbabies to Ichabod and they pour that oil out there, light the lighter in the fire. They was always like, scared of the fire. It was always amusing to us. That devil's just as afraid and scared of fire as you would be over an open flame. Heaven sent fire destroys the house of Satan along with all of his works. Acts 28 and 3 when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire there came a viper out of the heat fastened on his hand and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand They said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer who, though he escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. I preached a a few weeks ago. In Genesis, you find the serpent speaking. In Acts 28 and verse 3, you see him striking the hand of the prophet of God. Then in verse number 5, He's been speaking, he's went to striking, but in verse number five, he is sizzling. If we view Acts as a chronology 
of the church. Meaning if you view the book of Acts as a time span of symbolism of the church's beginning all the way to its end. A prophetic book of what is going to happen. It happened in that church and that same thing is going to happen in this church. That's the way you view it as a chronology of the church and some men, some scholars do. Then look, Acts starts out. It starts out as a fire baptized church. God initiating that fire Amen, burning in them, them being struck with persecution, but them overcoming the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Amen. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 28, the last chapter of Acts, meaning the last chapter of the church's history or the last chapter of the church age, what happens? Uh, a fire is kindled for that last day church, not of their own doing, but of God's doing. Amen. A viper comes out and strikes them while they're throwing fuel on the fire, while they're praying, while they're doing the work of the ministry. They get struck, uh, and then last he is uh, shaken off uh, into the fire, and the church perseveres. Uh, and the verses thereafter, they brought to him everybody that was sick, uh, everybody that was diseased, uh, and God healed them all. And, and the name of the Lord was renowned on that island from that day forward. Uh, that's the last. That's the last picture we get of the church in the book of Acts. That is going to be the last day church. A fire kindled of no doing of our own. And while we do the required work of the ministry, and if any viper tries to attach itself to us, he's going to regret it because this is a destroying fire. Hallelujah! It can't be quenched by the rain or by the storms of this world. And the devil can't stop it from burning. It'll be the very fire that is the undoing of hell itself. The fire was burning in the beginning. And that fire was burning in Acts 28. That fire was burning in my grandpa. And if Jesus comes back tonight, it'll be burning in his grandson. If he carries another 80 years, it'll be burning in my grandson. Hallelujah to God. Four dimensions of a spirit-filled life. Only hit two of them. Wind. We need the wind of God to blow. We need the fire of God to burn. Who'll meet me in this altar tonight? He'll ask the Lord to do that very thing in you, in your heart, in your life, in your church, in your home, in your marriage, in your children. My God, burn.